Tuesday, I got nothing. Holy crow. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Monica Ray, Big J Journalist. Good to have you in here on a Tuesday. Uh, I am still very, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'm still very sick, but you could definitely hear it in my voice. I, I got nothing left. I have absolutely nothing left. Uh, but listen, it doesn't change the fact that we're absolutely loaded today. Um, we are. We're, we're, we've got a lot of stuff planned. Speedy Petey comes on at 1130, uh, an hour early than usual. So you get early dose of Speedy Petey yesterday. Since we weren't in yesterday, Ray Anzelowitz comes in at 1230. He'll be in studio today. Top 10 NFL teams coming up at about noon. We play what are the chances at the end of the show. We are absolutely packed here on a Tuesday. I'm hopped up on Dayquil. I have my Clementine, uh, courtesy of Monica Ray. Monica, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm sorry I, you feel bad. That's okay. I, you know, I, I was, I was making fun of my, um, I was making fun of people the other day, and I think uh, Evan knows this because when we got Barrington Grant on last week, um, I asked him just like you know my my fiance thinks. That when I'm sick, it makes my voice sound sexier. And it's something that I haven't heard before, but I keep asking people if they agree. So Evan, I think, disagrees. Barrington disagreed. Is, the, is my voice nicer? Is it sexier now, Monica? Or do you think? A little bit. It, yeah, yeah? Really? <laughs> All right. See, okay. She's in. I, I, look, I, I like that. That's better. It's the raspiness. It's know? the rat. Yeah, right. It sounds like I'm going to sing you a soulful tune. Exactly. Um, all right. <laughs> so let's. You're right, Paula. Let's let's begin <laughs> with this. So there are times where you just recognize greatness, and it's right in front of you. And then when you see something that isn't great that's stacked up against it, it becomes more noticeable. So Drew Brees last night, his, the, I, I called him the most accurate thrower of the football of all time, and I really do not believe it's close. He holds the record for completion percentage. His career completion percentage is 67.5, which is absolutely absurd. Okay, there's multiple times over his career where he's had a completion percentage over 70%. Over the past four years, He's had a completion percentage that is over 70%. This year, he's over 75%. He's almost at 76 This is just different. Last night against Indianapolis in the Superdome, he went 29 of 30. He had one incompletion. That's the most accurate game any quarterback has ever had in, the, uh, in NFL history. Nobody has ever been perfect. Drew Brees, 29 of 30 for 307 and four touchdowns yesterday. He had an absolute field day with Indianapolis. Now, here's really where I want to take this. This is kind of the thing where you have to stop and realize that your opinion on Drew Brees now has to change. If if there was any doubt about Drew Brees, you don't have it anymore. Okay? And I kind of want to relate this to where the GOAT conversation comes in. Drew Brees is the best thrower of the football that we've ever seen. 
I'm going to say it now. Drew Brees is the best thrower of the football that we, our eyes, have ever seen. There is no other player that can succeed in this league more by his style of play than Drew Brees. Precise throwing of the football is what wins in this league. Efficiency is the antidote for all negativity in football. It is. Drew Brees does it better than anybody in NFL history. So I want to kind of point this out. If Drew Brees didn't, let's uh, here, I'll, I'll rephrase and I'll say it like this. Brady is great, and we all know that Brady's great. But when we watch Brady late in his career, right, we're, we're kind of seeing it now. Brady has definitely taken a step back as of this year. He has. Drew Brees in year 19 of his career is having one of his best seasons ever. Okay? And yes, he was hurt for a few games. But his completion percentage is at 76%. He's only thrown four interceptions on the year. And he's thrown 21 touchdown passes. And he broke the all-time touchdown pass record last night. Now on his career, he has 540 touchdown passes. 541. And that will soon be broken by Tom Brady this year. Unless Drew Brees keeps outplaying him. Guys, why are we arguing whether or not Brady is the GOAT because of Super Bowl wins? You see greatness in front of you yesterday. Okay? Drew Brees has... If we're talking about pure situational success as far as pure skill set and talent, Drew Brees is more talented than Tom Brady. Drew Brees is more talented, I would say, than any quarterback in the history of the game, probably besides Peyton Manning. If you want to put it all together, right? Peyton Manning, I think, arm, smarts, everything was the entire package. That's fine. But I can make the case for Drew Brees as a better player than Tom Brady every day. Accuracy, leadership. I can make that case. The only thing that he does that Drew Brees doesn't have that Brady does is Bill Belichick and field cameras, even though I'm going to, you know, push that to the side for a second. Um, But you're watching Drew Brees yesterday, and you're going to say, the way that he's impacted the game, okay, Drew Brees is the reason why precise throwing of the football exists. Drew Brees is the reason why it is successful. Okay, Frank Reich said it yesterday. When he gets like this, You can't defend him. And he's painting the picture for you of why why accuracy is so important. Why did Lamar Jackson get so much better this year than compared to last year? Because he's more accurate. The running ability is great. And and he broke the running record. And he's going to shatter it over the next two weeks. But it isn't because of the running record. It's because he bumped up his completion percentage by almost 10%. 
Drew Brees completing 76% of his throws. And the Saints are winning games because of it. They're one of the best two or three teams in the entire NFL. If Drew Brees is not completing that many, and the part that's impressive about this to me, he's completing 76% of his throws, and the entire defense knows where the ball's going. Okay, everybody on the field know that Mike, knows that Michael Thomas is getting the ball. Michael Thomas is getting the ball, and they still can't stop him. That Drew Brees-Michael Thomas connection is one of the best of all time. Quote me on it. It's one of the best of all time. Michael Thomas is going to break the receptions record. Drew Brees broke the touchdowns for a career record. And he's going to break the record again for completion percentage in a season. What else there does has to be said? This is a different animal when we are talking about Drew Brees. And we're seeing the greatness right in front of us. Drew Brees, to me, most accurate thrower of all time, second best quarterback of all time, and you can make the case that he's the best quarterback of all time. All right. Coming up next, Speedy Petey, producer of virtually every show on this network. Uh, That is coming up next. We'll talk football with him uh, here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack Worldwide Sports. Why are you smiling? What's happening? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica here on a Tuesday. Uh, Boy, oh boy. Absolutely loaded today. I'm still sick. I'm hopped up on DayQuil. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get through it. But uh, I want to throw it to somebody. Speedy Petey, uh, producer of pretty much every show on this network, our football guru, our local guy. Uh, Speedy, it's good to have you on, man. You know, I, I, I asked this question to to all the guests that I've had on recently is that me being sick, uh, my fiance says that it makes my voice sound sexier. Do you agree with that? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez Christ. Thanks a lot, Speedy. Um, All right, so let's get into it. So last night, uh, Drew Brees broke all kinds of records, said the most accurate game of any quarterback in NFL history was 29 of 30. Uh, through three oh, uh, through for three oh seven, four touchdowns, broke the uh, single. Se- uh, I'm sorry, not single season. The career touch uh, passing touchdowns record. Uh, I, I listen. He's completing seventy six percent of his throws this year. I can make the argument that as a pure thrower of the football, Drew Brees is the greatest at throwing a football of all time. Right? Yeah, you could argue. That's definitely reason why he makes all kinds. Now, would you say, uh, I want to throw it back to Sunday night, uh, the way that I look at the Buffalo Bills, right? The Steelers, to me, don't look like a playoff team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But uh, right now, the Bills, uh, to me, they look like they're a team that can, they're not going to outscore you, but they, they've, every team that they've played, they've been able to hold them to 
a certain amount of points. I can make the argument that they have the best corner in football with Tredavious White, but this Buffalo Bills defense, I think, is making them a legitimate playoff uh, playoff team, a legitimate team that can make a deep playoff run. What's your feeling on Buffalo this morning? I don't know about deep playoff run. I think they can win a game, though, depending on the matchup, because I actually think they do match up well with Houston, being that they're probably the fourth I look at one. Where did you go, Speedy? I trust the corner depth of Buffalo after that more than the secondary depth of Houston plus that pass rush against that offensive line. So that's one matchup I think is definitely interesting. I, even Kansas City, I think they match up well against it too. I think Josh Allen against that type of pass rush. It's not an outside rush that's really going to swarm you, be able to contain you. It's more of a base defense type thing. They'll with defensive backs and stuff like that on occasion, but Allen can also run from that too. So I think they can definitely win a game, and you're right, it's not going to be a high-scoring kind of thing. It's going to be Josh Allen's going to make some great plays at times, and Singletary will make great plays at times. They're not going to overwhelm you defense will do the rest. Uh, keep one, I don't see that. I probably only see one game. So as far as the um, as far as the NFC is concerned, right, so Dallas took a massive win against the Rams this past week. And I, listen, I've been very skeptical on them. I still don't know how I feel about Dallas winning the division. I feel like I still like the Eagles, even though – the Eagles are a mess, too. I mean, they're keeping it close against bad teams, and they really shouldn't be. Um, who do you have more confidence in this morning? And if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, are you optimistic after uh, after Sunday? Definitely. No, I still wouldn't be, just because we've seen the Cowboys team lose big game after big game over the years. Still, just because you win one game, I got you play very well. yesterday on third and long that they can't game plan the same way they did against the Rams as they do for the Eagles. And they might not necessarily be able to win with that kind of style. The Eagles can stop the run. Ezekiel Elliott is not going to have the same level of success he did in that game. So they'll have to game plan a little differently. And again, the Eagles defense, I don't know what they are. They're good pass rush, a secondary that struggles with big plays. And Yeah, I, I, you know, Speedy, I, I'm pretty sure you're giving really great answers, but there is some reason why, you know, we're having 
Like we can hear you, but it's a very faint uh, response. So we'll just we'll we'll keep going. We'll see if we can um, if we can adjust this. But let's ju- let me let me preface this question by saying I've been really skeptical on New England all year. Okay, and yes, that this was a it ended up being a really big win against Cincinnati on the road, but. It, <sighs> I mean, this game was tied at halftime. It is, uh, I, I don't know how confident I can feel in New England today because, I mean, they're, they're not blowing anybody away. It took them late in the game for them to finally pull away. I, I mean, I, I don't know how confident I should feel in New England today. To, what should my confidence level be in the Patriots this morning? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much clear-cut that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC at this point. All right, Speedy, we can't get this audio right right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you my uh, I'm gonna ask you the question that I uh, ask every single week uh, going into next week. If there are some things that we're not looking out for, you got to tell us. You know, what are some things that we got to be looking out for? What are the what's the matchup we should be looking out for in Week 16? Somebody else throws a, a loophole in getting the one seed. You 
you definitely see one of those NSPs where it could be a three seed, a, a five seed, maybe making a run. It's, they're really that good in terms of quality all at once. And it's going to be interesting to see how the seeding can impact all that. Yeah, it should be interesting to uh, to watch how the, all of that unfolds. Uh, last week we saw Seattle in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco goes from the one seed in the NFC to the five, uh, which is something that's pretty crazy. Uh, I think that's going to be something to watch. Rams and Niners this week, uh, also on Saturday night. We got three Saturday games, uh, and then pretty much the again the full slate on Sunday, and then a Monday night game as well. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week this week in the NFL. All right, Speedy PDR, uh, producer for pretty much every show on this network. He's he's everywhere. You're going to see him a lot. Um, our football guru here on the inside. Uh, Speedy, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks. I, for some reason, and I'm sure he was given good answers, and I, I, I really wonder if the um, listeners could hear him better than we could. If you're listening, um, let us know. Yeah, really, because oh, it was a very, it was very faint in the ears. You know, I don't know if that had something to do with his phone or with our phone or the headphones or whatever, uh, but something was not going on right there. But there is a positive to all this. That means there's more there time. That means there's more time for news for what? our yeah. big J journalist Monica Ray here on a very rainy, cold, yeah. miserable, sick, not vocal, split lip Tuesday. It should be snowing. Be it should so be snowing. Better. Snowing upstate. Is it? Yeah. All right. I mean it all but that's not a surprise. It's always snowing upstate. Yeah, that's true. Well maybe it'll be. It make snows it in May upstate. <laughs> it does, right? So everybody's talking, of course, about Drew Brees. And I wondered, do you think he'll retire after this year? Uh, A lot of times people like, you know, he's got his uh, 540 career touchdowns with getting three of those touchdowns last night. Right. And sometimes people like to retire on top. And he's definitely on top. I don't know. I, I think... That if the Saints win the Super Bowl this year, which is very possible. He's retiring. He's retiring if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. If they don't win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back for one more year. Because I think he has I think he has this year and another year on his contract. So All right. I mean I I mean I, I think he has the contract to do it. We'll see, though. I, I don't know. I, I think somebody beat Tom Brady. You don't want to. Well, yeah. well, I think that's a Super Bowl a lot of people want to see. I know Mike was really adamant on wanting to see that Super Bowl last year. Oh, Patri- I really Patri- wanted Patriots to Saints. see. I wanted to see Patriots Saints so bad. And I wanted to see Brady Breeze. Yeah. I wanted to see Brady Breeze. Breeze has an opt-out in his contract after after this year. So, I mean, he's probably not opting out or anything like that. Uh, yeah. If anything, now, if, if anything, you never want to retire a year too late. Like, Tom, when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year, when they won it all, we all looked at each other. My family and I were watching it. We all looked at each other like, Tom Brady should probably just retire right now. Like, that, that's it. Like, six Super Bowls. You want another Super Bowl. You know, you want another Super Bowl. That's it's probably, you know, you can retire now. Like, no one like no one would, would fret. Like, no one will, like, say, like, oh, you can play one or two more years. No, like, the timing was kind of there. But now he's he comes back this year and tries it again. And he's, you know, and not it's, so it's been, good. It's, it's been, well, it's been a struggle for him the last couple of months, really. Right. You know, it's not all his fault, but it's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle. And you don't want to see like you don't want to see guys like that retire one year. 
one year too late. You know, Peyton Manning, you can make, Peyton Manning was definitely that case. I know Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl in 2015, but he was terrible that year. Absolutely terrible to the fact that they had to bench him for Brock Osweiler. Right. You know, so you don't want to retire a year too late for Drew Brees. So if he wins Super Bowl, yeah, just go out, go out, and go out on top, man. I think that would be a good, a good plan. And then, Wouldn't hate it. And then you guys heard that the Oakland Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. So what are they going to be called? Are they going to keep the name, the Raiders? Be the you Las ha- Vegas you're going, Raiders? You're going to Vegas. You have yeah. to keep that Raider name. Like, it's just the, the Raiders going to Vegas is the most Raider thing ever. That's It's so Raiders to be in Vegas. It's so Raiders to be in Vegas. It, it's absolutely so Raiders. Although the, the ending of the uh, – it's a shame, though, what happened at the end of the Jaguar-Raider game. Yeah. The Jaguars ended up winning. And apparently Raider fans were booing the team off the crowd, off the field. They were booing Derek Carr. Yeah, they were that's apparently, a, that's not they were apparently throwing stuff. Yeah. That's that was a, that's a little classless. Yeah, it was really. Uh, It'll be interesting to see when yeah. they uh, when they start in Vegas, who stays in line. You know, you know what right. they say: Vegas is the playground. So, right, a lot of things can go wrong for a team in Vegas. Right. No, uh, they. You're right. It absolutely can. You know. It absolutely can. But you know what, though. Vegas is turning into this massive hotbed for sports now. I mean, they're going to move a minor league baseball team over there. They already have the hockey team there. Now they're going to have an NFL team there. I mean, Vegas is exploding. Right. They are exploding. Right. And and look, it, much as I hate to say it, the Raiders do fit the bill. Right. They do fit the bill for... A team pl- being there. Where are they going to play? Are they building a new stadium? Because yep. I, I looked yep. up that and I was surprised to see that they are. They are. You know. But one more thing about the fans. I know the fans are. I know the fans are upset they're losing the Raiders. The Raiders are Oakland in a way. They are the city of Oakland. This is the second time they're losing the team. The other time, of course, was in the was in the late '80s, early '90s when they went to Los Angeles. But you got. Yeah, I understand. So I understand the frustration, upset. But at the same time. Don't 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 yeah. boot the team off the crowd. Don't throw stuff. You know, don't, you know be, a little, not... be a little more classy. Than yeah, that. be, more, be classy. more classy. Be more classy. Stay, yeah, stay classy, yeah. Oakland. <laughs> stay classy, <laughs> Oakland. He see, Mike won't get that reference. No, he won't because he won't get that again, reference. you haven't watched Anchorman. You've been sick all weekend. What were you doing? Laying around. You could have been watching Anchorman. <laughs> Laying around. Yeah. Being sick. And then we got uh, sad news. So Josh Gordon from the Seattle Seahawks has been suspended indefinitely. Apparently he's got uh, a little bit of a drug problem. Yeah, quite. And this is his sixth suspension since 2014. So I I hope that he gets some help. I I think he's done in the NFL. Yeah, Yeah. he needs to get the help. He's got to be. He's yeah. got to be. He's uh, listen. I I I am I am really rooting for the guy to get the help that he needs, but I'm not going to pretend like I feel sorry for him. I, I'm, I'm not. Sure he has everything like, at his disposal. I, he has been given every opportunity. This is entirely on him, and you've got to make the effort to fix yourself. There's no shame. There's no shame yeah. in this. I'm not taking a shot at the guy, right. but. I am not I am not willing to give him more chances in the NFL if he is quite frankly going to keep blowing them. Yeah. I'd rather him get out of football and 
begin to live a normal drug-free life. Yeah. Okay, but this wasn't even just marijuana. This was performance enhancers. Right. Yes. I mean, this was not just him smoking a doobie again. Right. Okay, this was this was him smoking a doobie on top of getting, getting himself involved, up. getting inv- uh, himself involved with performance enhancers. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm Josh Gordon to me is out of chances. I am hoping that he gets the help he needs, but I am not going to feel sorry for him. I'm sorry. Like It's okay to feel sorry for the guy the first time around. You've been suspended six times. You've gotten six different chances in the NFL. Right. Your NFL career is over. You wasted it. Yeah. That's the harsh reality of your situation. Yep. Is you, Josh Gordon has all the talent in the world to be one of the best wide receivers in football. And he totally threw it all away. Yep. Yep. And yes, it's it's a shame because of this because of this problem that he has, but I'm not going to pretend like I feel sorry for him yeah. because he's been given chance after chance after chance. And after a while, feeling sorry for him does not help him at all. It right. doesn't. Feeling sorry for him actually enables him to do it more. Right. Okay? This is something that a lot of people experience. You get a high off of people fe- uh, feeling sorry for you. You That's do. True. There is a thing in your brain where when people are sympathetic towards you, when you want sympathy, right. when you want pity, when you want all of those things. What, what there is that is, that people pretend that they're sick? What is that uh, disease where people pretend they're sick? I forget. Sick? Do you remember, Evan? Like they are always, they have I ailments. I, I don't know, but they, because they want empathy. They want sympathy. They want all of that. Right. So that's a sickness too. Right, exactly. But um, on a happier note, so you guys know I spent Saturday with uh, Sam Jones, a.k.a. Flash Gordon. Yes, you did. And he was really awesome. And and you may have forgotten that he was a New York Jets quarterback. Yeah, right. He's going to call into the show soon, and we'll have him on air. We can ask him all about his time at the Jets. He was also a Marine and... um, and also Flash Gordon, and I think he's been in like 65 or something movies and God knows how many TV shows. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, like you, you look at Flash Gordon and he just looks like a star. You know, it's funny, everybody that came up to, I was sitting with him at the uh, Big Apple Comic Con and everybody that came up to the table was like, wow, you're a really big dude. And he, was, yeah. and he goes, look, and when I stand up, I'm even bigger. And he would stand <laughs> But um, so I'm excited. He's going to come on the show. That's great. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I got this. You gave me this, this autographed, uh, this autographed little picture right here. I did. I'm going to show the camera. <laughs> We're Flash Gordon. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know that what? is wildly cool. I, and as, as soon as you sent that, because you and I, us three have like a little show text, right? right. You sent that to the group text, and I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Evan's going to freak out. <laughs> I'm like, Evan is going, the nerd in Evan is going to freak out. Yeah, yeah. And the retired- Evan, did you freak out? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I saw that picture. I'm like, what? <laughs> that be, I, I, I'm so looking forward to talking. I mean, I'm not going to lie. A couple, a couple of my, a lot of my questions might be about the movie, Ted. <laughs> You know, I'll try to keep that. You guys that, like to party? I'll keep that as PG. I will keep that PG, I promise. But 
Yeah, I'm excited to have Sam. That's going to be the first thing I ask him. I'm excited That's to have good. Sam. Jones he's going to come. He's going to come on the air, and I'm going to ask him, and he'll be like, "Hey, Sam, you like to party?" <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be great. All right. Oh, yeah. That's the news. Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Tuesday. That was a sexy Tuesday. Tuesday. I've been really trying. <laughs> I don't want to pay for the rights, so I'm going <laughs> to stop singing. Uh-oh. All right. Um, anyway, coming up next, hour number two. Uh, it is noon here on the East Coast. I'm going to give you my top ten NFL teams after week 15. Home stretch of the season. Okay, two weeks, still a lot to be decided. That's coming up next here in the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Here we go, our number two. It's the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Monica Ray, Big J Journalist. Good to have you in. We are absolutely loaded today. I am absolutely loaded on Dayquil. I just ordered myself <laughs> a grilled cheese with turkey, with turkey because Monica told me to. That's what you need. Yeah, she controls me around here. <laughs> there you go. A little bit of comfort food. It's got myself a water, spilled it all over myself <laughs> because I got a split lip and <laughs> I can't do anything today. Just, I'm a mess. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. Thank Evan, you for. Evan's on fire today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Evan still stinks at his job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right. Seriously. Don't buy. Don't buy. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, my Lord. No buy or sell today, Evan. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Dang! I actually have a new game that I'm thinking about doing. I'll tell you about it during the break. uh, During uh, the break, see what you think. New game. Yeah, new game. New New game. game. It's it involves the NFL. I want to talk to you about it. I think you might like it. It's called Niffle. You either might like it or you're just gonna say, "Mm, I don't want to do it. Mm, It's called. I don't want to do it. It's called Niffle. Niffle. N F L. That's fun to say. All right, (laughs) Niffle. Anyway, let's go. talk about the 10 best teams in the nipple. In the nipple. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> sounds like we're saying nipple. Um, All right. Kitty. So I do this every single week, every Tuesday. I'll give you the top 10 teams in the NFL after week 15. Here we go. All right. Number 10. The Green Bay Packers. Uh, listen, they, they're winning football games. They're 11-3. and three. They're, a, they're a good football team. Nobody's questioning that. But doesn't it just feel like to you that they should be so much better than they are? Aaron Rodgers, they have a great running game. They have a good offensive line. What You're really asking yourself, all right, what is this team missing? They spent a lot of money on the defense. Their defense is actually very good. What, I mean, what, you, what what's missing here? They're just not producing. Okay, I, I, first of all, for me, I think outs, on the outside, they don't have enough playmakers on offense. Uh, they really only have one wide receiver that can make plays for himself, and that's Devontae Adams. I, I, I just, I see a lot of inconsistency with this team. They're still 11-3, and three, they're still very good, but right now, Green Bay, I can't put them any higher than 10. Number nine. Buffalo. Uh, I'm actually very in on this. Uh, I think their defense has been fantastic. They're a team that will shut you down with, uh, you know, without question. 
and their offense is getting more consistent. Josh Allen's a playmaker. They run the football really well. They can control the tempo of the game. And their wide receivers are making plays. I don't love the fact that their wide receivers have, so, have such a small catch radius. But at the very same time, I mean, this is a very fast-paced, a lot of movement, a lot of... They're extremely well-coached. This is a team that is improving. It is getting better. They're a 10-win team this year that secured a playoff spot. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they won a playoff game. They could, have, they could absolutely go into someone's building and win. They absolutely I mean, can. if you told me that they were going to Houston... Yeah, I give them a shot. I could say, uh, yeah. I give them a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight. Uh, their division rival, New England. Uh, I, listen, they're, they are still a top 10 team. They got to win this week against the Bengals. Here's my issue with this. My issue with New England is that it was 13-13 at half. I, I, it was tied at 13 at half. I, I, I mean, this is the Bengals, guys. This is the Bengals. I mean, Andy Dalton threw four picks in this game. That's all great. That's all fine and good. But did we really have to keep it that close for that long against Cincinnati? Yeah, I, am I nitpicking a little bit? Maybe I am. But you're the New England Patriots. Tom Brady's your quarterback. This is different. This is just a different team, a different style, different way that they're playing the game. They don't do anything well. Again, still a top 10 team in the NFL because they're that well coached, but New England right now can't put them any higher than eight. I I'm really falling off on New England. Number seven. Houston. Uh, this is a team that really bounced back. This was a huge bounce back win. Needed this one on the road in Tennessee. They have control of the AFC South right now. They reminded everybody who the best team in that division was. Deshaun Watson is phenomenal. Shouldn't have even questioned him. That was, I mean, it absolutely incredible based on what we uh, based on what we see from Deshaun Watson. Still a good defense. Their offensive line has played a lot better. They have playmakers. And Tennessee finally took a loss since Ryan Tannehill has been quarterback. He's now six and two as their starter. Uh, seriously, Tennessee's still really good, but Houston with a massive win in Tennessee's building. They play one more time in the uh, over the course of the year, week 17 in Houston. That's going to be a big one. But the Texans right now, I put them at number seven. Crazy game that was. That was a great Crazy. game. Crazy. Absolutely. Number six. Guess what? It is not the Minnesota Vikings. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. So Kansas City right now, I put them at number six. Uh, like uh, This defense bothers me. It really does bother me because if the offense isn't working, I I, I, I don't know what to do. I really don't. And they're going to be like, oh, how can you be worried about the defense? I gave up three points to Drew Locke. Listen, this was, a, this was a defensive game anyway. In the snow, in Kansas City, nobody was going to score a lot of points. Kansas City didn't score a lot of points. But Kansas City doesn't run the football well and they don't play good defense. Now, the positives are is that they can get after the quarterback and th their air attack is just unbelievable. Andy Reid is a great coach. Patrick Mahomes a great player. Th they're going to be able to beat you that way. So if they're if the Chiefs are going to beat you, they're going to score 35 38 points. They're not going to they're not going to beat you 20 to 17. They're going to beat you 30 something to whatever. 
30-something to 20-something. So Kansas City right now, my faith in them has grown a little bit, but right now the Chiefs are at number six. Number five. Minnesota. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, they jump a spot for me. I mean, this was a huge win against the Chargers. Absolutely blew the doors off them. Kirk Cousins is playing good football. This is an outstanding defense. They run the football incredibly well. Even if it isn't Dalvin Cook, if it's not Dalvin Cook, it's Alexander Madison. If it's not Alexander Madison, it's Mike Boone. They run the football incredibly well. They got Adam Thielen back. It adds another element to their offense, which is incredible. They have two really good tight ends. This is the best their offensive line has played in years. Minnesota looks good today. They look really good right now. I think they're the favorite in their division. They they play the Packers later in the year. They play the Packers this week on Monday Night Football. I think that game's going to decide the uh, decide the division. It really is. The, give me the Minnesota Vikings at number five. Number four. Before people start throwing stuff at me, hear me out. The San Francisco 49ers are number four. Now, I dropped them a little bit. I didn't th- I didn't love this loss against Atlanta, but let's let's be real, okay? Atlanta does have those games where they can, you know, come and bite you a little bit. San Francisco, again, proves that they are really streaky. They really are. I think they're schematically brilliant. They have a lot of talent, but this is a team that does have its on and off days, and they are pretty frequent. You know, it's they're consistently inconsistent. I'll tell you that. The San Francisco today, as far as good as their offense is, they're not always putting up points. Defensively, they do have their struggles against teams that they shouldn't struggle against. San Francisco right now, again, when they're on, they're one of the best, if not the best team in football. But when they're off, you can definitely see it. You can definitely see how they can lose games that they're not supposed to uh, not supposed to lose. San Francisco's number four. So now we're in the top three, number three. Seattle. The Seahawks, to me, right now, they really could be the favorite in the NFC West, as crazy as that sounds. But Russell Wilson is carrying this team to no end. Seriously, I keep reverting back to this. The Seahawks are not a team with a a whole ton of talent. They do not have a good uh, pass-blocking offensive line. They don't have very good. They don't have a ton of great receivers. This is a defense that's just a bunch of guys. I, and you know what? Russell Wilson's carrying him. You can really make the case for Russell Wilson to be MVP. And he's going to get MVP votes. Russell Wilson right now and the Seattle Seahawks. I could definitely see them making a deep playoff run. Maybe even making it to the Super Bowl. This is a really good football team, and it is entirely because of Russell Wilson. They're number three. Number two. The New Orleans Saints. I mean, what a game they had yesterday. If Drew Brees is going to put, you know, performances like that up on the board, I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay? New Orleans right now, I'll say this. Runs the football well. They have the best receiver in football. They have the most accurate thrower of the football in the league. And their defense, when it's on, is really good. It's really good. And, and look, the, that Colts offense is not bad. It is not. It's well coached. They have a solid quarterback. Their running game is there. They have receivers. And the Saints were able to shut them out. 
That was, that was essentially what the story was yesterday. The Saints just shut out, completely shut out Indianapolis. The, uh, you, you see it. They can get after the quarterback. They can cover you. Marshawn Lattimore plays great. I mean, uh, listen, I'm all in on the Saints. Right now, to me, they look like the best team in the NFC. They're the team I have the most faith in going forward as of today, based on what I've seen. Because quietly, New Orleans, especially on the offensive side of the football, has been the most consistent team in the entire conference. New Orleans right now sits at number two. All right. Is there a drum roll? So this is not a drum roll, but this is as, Mike. As long as this will be the case, this will not be a drum roll. So this is Mike Guido's number one NFL pick. Evan kind of spoiling it I with know. the sound effect. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens stay at number one. Lamar Jackson still the best, uh, still playing the best football of anybody in the league. This is still the best offense in the league. They run the football incredibly well. They're going to control time of possession against anybody they play. This is the best secondary in the league. They're not going to give up any de- serious passing yards. I am all in right now uh, on the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're extremely well coached. They have playmakers on offense. This is a defense I can get after the quarterback and cover uh, in the secondary on the second and third levels. I, I, they do everything well. They just do. They do. Uh, they have the, one of the best offensive lines in football. I... I Listen, I'm all in on the Ravens. I'm all in on the Ravens, and that makes Evan a very happy, happy boy. Very nice. Right, Evan? Yes. Do you yes. agree? You think the Ravens are the best team in football right now? Uh, I'm getting close to it. I think I, I'm actually getting pretty pretty darn close to it. Just by watching the rest of the NFL, and I watch the Ravens. Again, we'll see come playoff time. Playoff time is a different animal. They're the only team that's 12-2. and two. Yeah, playoffs is a different animal. But we're, I see New Orleans last night. I'm like, oof, they're they're good. San Fran is also really good, you know. I but they're close. They they're they to me they're clearly the best team in the AFC. I think that I think that much is clear. In the NFL, boy, it's close. It's close. But they, and they beat. They have a win over San Francisco. They have a win over Seattle in Seattle. You know, they they are they are really close. I'm close to saying they're the best team in the NFL right now. We'll see come playoff time, but. They're yep. pretty close. Now, we mentioned Kansas City Chiefs Sister. defense. We mentioned the Chiefs defense here. Ball so hard, university. They got a little, Ball so hard, university. little sizzle yesterday. Terrell Suggs going to Kansas City. Yeah, like but move. the Cardinals waived him. Yeah, I know. So, that, I mean. I think Suggs could help him out on their defense. I think may, as as a, a depth bit. piece. I mean, I he's, not gonna do, he's not going to do much. He's not gonna. I'm surprised the Ravens didn't get him. Well, he was. They never got a chance. They never got a chance, right? Waiver claim. They were the last team on the waiver claim. Yeah, they would have gotten him if he would have. They would have taken him back if he would have hit free agency. Yeah, they would have. They would have brought him back. Oh, I would have loved that. Me too. I would have loved to see Terrell Suggs do that. But the Chiefs, no, the Chiefs had to sweep in and And ruin everybody's life. There was a whole interesting thing of. (laughs) There was a whole interesting thing of. If any one of the team claimed him other than the Ravens, he wouldn't show up. It was either Ravens or nothing. Nothing. So it could have been a retirement too. But he will. But he's reporting to Chief. He is reporting. He is reporting to the Chiefs. Be there. Yeah. Wow. His number. He's actually wearing the number ninety-four. Fifty-six with the Cardinals. Ninety-four with the Chiefs. Who wears fifty? What number did he wear with the uh, Ravens? Ravens. Fifty-five. Fifty-five. Right. I think that's uh, Derek Thomas's number. I believe. Right. We talked about Derek Thomas before. Was it Derek Thomas's number? I'll have to get back to you on that. 
There you go. All right. <laughs> no, but I, I was just watching. Any video. problems with the list, though? He wasn't. He actually wasn't. That's 50. Actually, it wasn't. Derek Thomas was 58. But uh, with the list itself, surprised the Cowboys weren't there. I would have thought, thought you would have sneaked been. in a little Cowboys there. Oh, stop I'm it. Joking. I'm joking. Cowboys aren't any good. I'm joking with you. Buffalo, Buffalo is definitely. Buffalo, man. Buffalo they're, they're is. They're Buffalo's good. legit. They're, they're legit. really good. They're legit. Buffalo's really good. Minnesota, I think, has got a huge test this Sunday. I think this game is bigger for Minnesota than it is for Green Bay. Green Bay, I, I mean, Green Bay could lose yeah. this game, and I'd be like, okay, okay, they, okay, you know, that's. I still think they're really good. Minnesota, if they can go, if they can beat the Packers, they get two home games the rest of the year. Green Bay and 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 Chicago, if they could beat the Packers. I think that answers a lot of questions about the Vikings themselves. Of course, the quarterback. It's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota, yeah. I think the Vikings win that football game. I, I think the I Vikings got... the Vikings are playing better football, mm-hmm. and I think they're uh, overall, I think they're just a better football team. I really do. They could take this division if they win the next two, right? Yeah. yeah. They could take the division if they win the next two. So this is a really. The Packers are getting really cold really bad at a really bad time. They started off incredibly hot, and now they're. Ever since the loss to the Chargers, they've been really, really slow. Really slow. So, but this is a big – I think this is such a huge test for Mike Zimmer and that team because we, we question a lot. Now, we, they've, answered, they've answered a lot of questions about winning a big game. They caused seven turnovers against the Chargers. That's the Chargers. The Chargers had seven turnovers against Minnesota. That's and I know that that's partially the Chargers, but part of that is also the, this Vikings defense is incredible. Oh, they're good. This is a, they are, it's incredible. The, the Vikings are as talented of a roster that they that that any team has in the NFL. They're just as talented as any other talented team in the NFL. They really are. But it's it's it, it's in terms of can they answer the call in, in a game like this? And you I know think they can. can. And I think that that's why it's such a huge test for them. They, You're right. They, no, they it got, is. They got to win this one. And then, right. So. This is a big one for them. Right. We'll see. All right. Uh, coming up next, Ray Anzelowitz, the president of Gotham Hoops, our inside NBA man, joins us here in studio. Uh, give us his uh, thoughts about the NBA, college basketball, NBA draft, all of that stuff. That's coming up next. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, uh, Monica uh, here on a Tuesday. Absolutely loaded today. I've got nothing because I just, God, I just, I I feel like I can't project. You know what I mean? I I feel like I'm just talking. Um, But the good news is is that we have Ray Anzelowitz here, who's actually pretty good at talking, especially about (laughs) NBA stuff. Uh, in college basketball stuff. Ray Anzello is president of Gotham Hoops, uh, our inside NBA man. Ray, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, do you agree? I've asked everybody this. you agree that my voice sounds sexier when I'm sick or (laughs) or what? Um, Are you a little turned on? No, I'm not turned on. He's not turned on. I'll say say that it doesn't sound bad. I'll leave it at that. I got that that. rasp (laughs) thing. It feels like I'm going to sing you a soulful tune. Yes. That's what what it sounds like. Uh, All right. Some Barry White, and then we'll know for sure. That's right. That's right. Uh, All right. So, Ray, I think I'm out on the Milwaukee Bucks because they lost yesterday in their own building to Dallas without Doncic. I, 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 I'm jumping ship. Okay. I'm completely out. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But I, you shouldn't be worried, right? No. Like Giannis and, and those boys are going are gonna to keep rolling. 
they're clearly the best team in the East today, right? A- absolutely, but let's also not forget to give Dallas some credit. So it's, I mean, I, I've, I've been trying to put an emphasis on how well their bench has been playing, and they really showcase that. So, of course, Porzingis came up huge. I think he had maybe 26 and 12, but then um, Seth Curry came off the bench and had 26. So someone's got to fill that void, that incredibly big void that Doncic left um, with that ankle injury. And, um, and between Curry and DeLon Wright and, and a few of the others, they, they certainly stepped up and and um, you gotta give them all the credit in the world. I mean, they they held off a strong Milwaukee Bucks team and and nearly a 50 ball from from Giannis. So, um, congrats to Dallas on that on that big time win. But yeah, certainly nothing to uh to to shy away from from Milwaukee moving forward. Yeah, is I I have such a hard time believing in Dallas. Okay, and it, it's and it's not because they lost Luca. It's actually just Porzingis hasn't played great you know since the start of the season he really hasn't he's been I I would say average at best yesterday was kind of a breakout party Mm -hmm. for him but I I look at this bench and and you're and you're telling me how good they're playing and I agree with you they are playing well but I I look at them and I'm thinking to myself like are they really going to expect to get great minutes consistently out of Dorian Finney-Smith and they uh, like you know, like Justin Jackson and those, you know what I mean? Like, and I like those guys, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, are they, are they better for more than 12 minutes a night? I, I think so. And, and of course, when you take Luca out the equation, that, that, um, that really is a, is a next man up men- mentality. And, uh, but I, I, I think why you may be a little bit reserved and, and even though you're, you're a knowledgeable NBA guy, like these aren't big name players coming no. off the bench. I mean, I don't call them nobodies, but but they're certainly the the diamonds in the rough that Dallas found and they're and they're making it work. So yes, I, I, I do believe in this bench. I think I think next to the Lakers, um, Dallas has one of the better um, the better benches in, in the league. And, and and like I said, I really feel that, that they've been playing well and at a high level um, as far as reserves go the entire year. And I fully expect them to keep it up. And, and with that said, does that mean that Seth Curry or DeLon Wright or like Jackson, Finney Smith, other guys you mentioned are going to consistently um, score points uh, in place of Luka? No. I mean, Seth got hot yesterday. And um, as a defense, as an opposing defense, you have to be aware of the guys that are on the floor. But again, I think that's just a testament to Coach Carlisle and how well um, he has his guys ready to play. That no matter who's who's suited up for for the Mavs, um, they're they're going to be ready to go. All right, I, can I make the argument? And I, I have a feeling that you I know what you're going to say, but can I make the argument that as of today, because we keep hearing how the West is like the mecca of the NBA today. Mm-hmm. I Can I make the argument the East this year is deeper than the West right now? They are. You can make the argument. I think... East this, has more good teams. This year, more, more than ever, you can make the argument. But if I really had to, to choose one over the other just based on how deep the teams are how, how, or the talent level, I'm still going with the West because I, I even think that the bottom half of the West... Um, is better than the bottom half of the East, even if you just look at the playoff standing. So, um, I shoot, I mean, e- even from, from top uh, de- uh, to, to the bottom, I'm still going with the West. Like, aside from Milwaukee, there aren't many teams uh, in the East I think can, can compete with a handful of teams in the West. Uh, okay, but, I mean, 
Like, uh, all right, I'm looking at the West right now, right? The Lakers, the Clippers, Dallas, Denver, Houston, and Utah are the six teams that are above 500. Mm-hmm. The two other playoff teams right now, as currently constituted, are Sacramento and Oklahoma City. I mean, I go below that. I'm falling into Phoenix. I'm falling into Portland. Who? I'm actually surprised at how bad Portland is. Portland's not any good. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I get into Minnesota, who isn't good. San Antonio, who doesn't have a lot of talent. You know, like, I, I go to the East, and I'm like, I've got six teams that have single-digit losses this year. You know you, what I mean? Like, but, but you also have teams that have single-digit wins. So if you were to do the same thing that you just did, I guarantee you that, that yeah, you'll I, feel I get, more confident in the West and the East. Right. Like, I, get you're, four you're, te- I get four teams in the East that have single-digit wins. Washington, Atlanta, Cleveland, and New York. And then I get two teams in single-digit wins in the West with New Orleans and Golden State. If, if you look at teams... On the outside looking in, and again, it's very early. We're not even in the new year. But if you look at teams from the outside looking in in the West and you compare those to the um, even 8, 9, and 10 spots in the East, I don't think it's, it's even a comparison. Like, if, imagine if Portland was in the East right now. They would, I mean, again, I know they got off to a, to a rough start in Lillard. Would you um, say Portland would be better than Indiana? Portland would, would be in that mix. And, and, and I'm glad you brought up Indiana. Once Vic, they're, they're a team that is not garnering enough attention because they have guys that can, that can go out and hoop. Oh, yeah. And, and, and once they get Oladipo back, they are going to be scary. I think, it, I think, it, I think Milwaukee has separated themselves but, um, from, from everyone else in the East. But when you put the Pacers into consideration, they're in that second tier, right along with Philadelphia, right along with Boston, even Toronto, um, even though they haven't been as sharp as, uh, as of late. But I'm telling you, Indiana is going to make some noise this postseason. I, I agree. I think when they get Oladipo back, they're going to be really good. But that's and that's kind of you yeah, know kind of fitting into my that's kind of fitting into where I'm going right now. Is like, do you believe? Okay, let's play this game mm-hmm. then. Who's better right now, Portland or Indiana? Indiana. Okay, who's better right now, Portland or Brooklyn? I mean, I, I have to say Brooklyn, yeah. right? But it, but it's it's ironic because they're missing and take KD out of the consideration because he probably won't even touch the they're floor. Missing this year. They're missing Kyrie. They're missing Kyrie. You can also make an argument that that will hurt them because guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Levert have stepped up and have provided well, them. Well, Levert's with been hurt too. With Levert, so so even even more so uh, Dinwiddie. He right. has been phenomenal for them, and it's hard to imagine that he will have that same effect once Kyrie's inserted into the lineup. And that was kind of my whole point about a week or two ago with Boston. Like, yes, they're playing great ball, but let's see what happens when they throw uh, Gordon Hayward into the mix because that continuity is going to be different when you have another guy that almost demands the basketball. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. And listen, I just – the way that I look at the West, right, because I, I look at – like Sacramento, I like Sacramento. I really do. Like the Kings are a really exciting young team to me. They are, but they also are playing with no De'Aaron yep. Fox and Marvin Bagley is just coming off the injury. Mm-hmm. So, how's the next l- rap album doing though? D- hey, there you go. <laughs> Oklahoma City. Yeah, good for them. I I, I I'm surprised because like I, I do I do want to point this out. Like they do have talent. Yep, they have talent. Like Chris Paul's actually playing good basketball for them this year. I think people forget how Shea, good Danilo Shea Gallinari Gil, is. Gil just Alex, you're right. Shea Gilgis Alexander will be an all star in the next. Couple oh my years. God, he's uh, I never expect, and I didn't see that out of him in college. I didn't well, see Shea Gilgis Alexander yep. as that type of player in college. I didn't. All right, um, NBA draft time because this is where this is like this is my bread and butter. I love mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, Lamelo Ball, 
Okay, I have yet to, and this has been going on for a couple of weeks now. LaMelo Ball gets hurt. R.J. Hampton also gets hurt. Does it affect them? I think it affects R.J. Hampton more than LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo Ball did everything he could to, it's hard to say, solidify his spot as a top, as a number one pick, but certainly as a top three, if not top five. I'd be very surprised, unless this, this foot or ankle injury is, um, is incredibly detrimental and, yeah. it's, and it's beyond... Um, or it's more serious than, than we're led on to believe, I think I'd be very surprised if he goes anywhere outside the top three at this point. I, I'm in love with the kid. Mm-hmm. I, seriously, I, the more I watch, and the, it's amazing to me, because, and let's stick on him for a little bit, because I think LaMelo Ball is already, I think I like him more than his brother, and I, and I was... Which one? I'm just, when, I'm just kidding. Well when, I, well, when I studied Lonzo, right, mm-hmm. when I scouted the 2017 draft, I was I, I was in love with Lonzo Ball. I was like, that is going to be the next Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this kid is going to be. I thought he was going to be a better shooter than he was in the NBA because he was aw- he was a great shooter at UCLA. I was like, Lonzo Ball is going to be awesome. What's everybody talking about about with his dad and everything like that? And then it turns out I was wrong. Even though the jury's still out, I still think it could be a good yeah, player. I, I think so too. And, and and just very quickly on Lonzo, I think he's in the perfect spot. Um, Oh, yeah. And then I, I have another, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't brought up your, your Lakers, but there's been some discussion about... Oh, don't worry, it's coming. Kuzma and Ingram, so maybe I'll bring that up down the road. But, yeah, so LaMelo has been, has been um, playing out of his mind Yeah, previous I, injury. Yeah, I, I, I'm with... But the way... Where I really wanted to go with this yep. was, is the way that... Because we've had our eye on LaMelo ever since he was a 13-year-old, yep. right? I mean, the guy's been in the spotlight forever. Yep. LaMelo, the... The, I'll say the amount that he has developed his game is just incredible yep. to me. It's incredible because, like, I, I'm looking at him, and early on in his high school career, right, the jacking up crazy ill-advised half, half shots, court, right, yeah. never passing the ball, just mm-hmm. t- taking – Shots in quadruple teams, like you know, he's got four open guys on the court, and he'd rather shoot the ball. Now, I mean, the guy's going to be the MVP in Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's just so well rounded. And I'll be honest with you, like he's six foot seven. Like he will more than likely play guard in the NBA. Yeah, but I wouldn't surprise me at all if they ha- if he needed to move to forward that he couldn't do it. I, I don't, I don't disagree. But I think he's at his best with the ball in his hands. I agree. And, and you know, you want to know what? I haven't given it too much thought, so I should probably hold back from saying it, but I will anyway. Um, he's reminding me a little bit of a young Penny Hardaway. So wow. Someone that size, that skilled, versatile, that can, that can pass the rock and also score and create opportunities for others. Um, I, I need to, I need to do, do a deeper dive on that, but that's just someone at that size and that skill set um, is a little reminiscent right now. He's so unique. Yeah. He really is unique. Boy, because as he, was Penny at that time because right. of his size and his ability to, to handle the ball. Right. No, I'm with you. So uh, as we dive a little deeper, right, because we're I don't want to get completely hung up on LaMelo. You and I are both in agreement here. Everybody in college basketball sucks. Every team in college basketball is terrible. You don't want to be the number one team. No, you don't. Because if you're the number one team, you're bound. You're due for a loss. You're bound to go down. That right, exactly. Kansas is now number one. Correct. But 
I wonder what the over-under is for how long, how many weeks Kansas would be number yeah, one. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to Vegas tomorrow, so I got to find, I gotta we'll find see. that out. <laughs> right. So, I look at some of these guys, right? I look at some of the teams at the top, whether it's Duke or whether it's Kansas or Ohio Kentucky, State. Ohio State, right? I, none of those guys have, none of those teams have NBA guys that impress me. None of them. So I mean, a lot of, and this this is the has been the the norm for Kentucky, except for a guy like really Anthony Davis. There, a lot of them are just projects. I mean, you, you oh my god, you get them when they're seventeen, eighteen, and and maybe they'll stay a year and they'll leave when they're nineteen. But they're um they're a work in progress, and and teams are drafting those guys based on their potential. Well, yeah, and I know a lot of people are blowing up about how Tyrese Maxey is going to be a gr- is going to be a real good player. Yeah. I like the other guard better. I like Ashton Hagens well, more. That's probably a, a prime example is a guy like Tyrese Maxey who, who may – I don't want to say he, he's, he's, um, he's been underperforming, but he'll, he'll be drafted based on his potential, not necessarily on his stats this year at, at Kentucky. It's just – it blows my mind. How would you assess this? Like, like overall, right, because we're talking about all these players, and a lot of people are out there just like, what the hell difference does this make to me? If you were to assess this draft class today, would you say it's good? Would you say it's average? Would, it, would you say it's bad? Like, the 2013 class was bad, mm-hmm. right? The 2014 class was supposed to be loaded. Mm-hmm. 2019, this past year, was loaded. Mm-hmm. Do, where does it fall in that sort of spectrum? I say that this is a very top-heavy class. Very top-heavy. Very, like, not just top-heavy. Top very top. I'm talking like... Like Dolly Parton. <laughs> All right. For sure. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? Yeah. Because you, that that you that you told me that is, and you know, you may not have these answers, but I'm going to I'm going to go. Number one players who? Uh, James Wiseman. James Wiseman is number one. Number yeah. two. And are we going just based off an overall ranking or, or o- overall or based over- on need for a team? Just overall. Overall, yeah. Uh, Lamelo. Lamelo Ball. Three. Anthony Edwards. That I think Anthony Edwards is going to be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now, who's number four? This I may have to get back to you on. Um, and, and truthfully, and I don't want to do anyone disservice like like guy from uh, out in Israel, but I think it might be those three and everybody and else. And then everybody else. So to we're be honest looking, with you. So it could be that top-heavy to where it's James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, and Anthony Edwards. Like, no Cole Anthony. I, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. And some people aren't. You're not the only one that thinks that way. Some people aren't as high on Cole Anthony. Why? I don't think he's. I don't think he's versatile enough. I think he'll struggle mightily guarding bigger guards in the NBA because yeah. um, he's not. He's not a big kid. He's no, really he's not. not. And and granted, he, he's got freaky athleticism, but who doesn't? Uh, minus like JJ Barea, who will still like outsmart <laughs> him and back him down in the post. Right. Um, so I think a guy like that, and he, he's not. He's not a, a Carson Edwards esque scorer, so he can't necessarily compensate for a lack of defensive effort or or activity by just handing him the ball and watching him go. I don't, I don't think – I think he'll be a serviceable guard moving forward. But you think the guys like R.J. Hampton, the guys like um, like Nico Mannion, so, and guys like that, like you, you think they're in a class below yes. the top. So you think – like it is, it is Wiseman, LaMelo, and Anthony Edwards, and those are the guys to have. I think – and As again, of right I, now. I don't want to do – I certainly need to, need to uh, look into everyone else a little bit more, but just sure. from – 
what I've been seeing over the this early start of the college season, I do think that those guys are in a league all by themselves. And again, I'm not I'm not speaking for any other NBA team, but I, I'd be surprised if they thought any differently. And it doesn't that's not to take any credit away from a guy like Nico Mannion that I think is just climbing the charts. I think he's been I've been very impressed with him. Yeah. But even in comparison to Cole, like Nick, Nico's a bigger dude, um, and he's qu- he's just as quick. I don't know if he gets up as high, but. Um, even even just looking at that, I think Nico may even have the edge over a guy like Cole Anthony that a year or two ago, it wouldn't even be a comparison. That's really interesting. I wouldn't have even thought of it that way. That's really crazy. All right. All right. Now it's Laker time because you knew you had to know that it was coming. Every time I talk to you, I got to talk to you about how good the Lakers are. Right. Right. They're so good. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have a weakness. They don't. Like what? If you had to point out one weakness for them, what would it be? Truthfully, I don't see one. They don't have a, they don't have a, a third superstar. <laughs> is, that, is that what it? Nobody does. Uh, correct. No, I, I mean I, I can't because w- what they've been doing, and it, it's and again I'm going to continue to give their coaching staff credit just because I don't hear a lot of people. Oh, doing Frank it. Vogel's been phenomenal. What they're able to do and interchange their lineup, they can. I, I need to look it up. Um, and I'll try to for for next time I'm on. I wonder how much time. How many minutes LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't on the court at all? So I'm not even talking about together. I know they'll start, and then at some point it'll be LeBron and some reserves, or then AD and some reserves. I really wonder how many minutes the Lakers are playing with with neither of them on the court in meaningful moments. It's probably not a lot. It's probably and and think about that luxury. I mean, it. And, and again, I. Just from what I've seen so far this season, if I were to rank a bench, it'd be the Lakers number one and probably Dallas number two. Wow! And, and the fact that you can add, you can, you can provide um, a bench with a guy like LeBron or a guy like Anthony Davis just makes those guys around them that much better. I mean, there. This is the part that's really beyond me. If you look at defensive metrics, right in the NBA, because every sport now is getting hyper analytical. You look at all the. Analytical defensive numbers. The, the Lakers are better defensively than the Clippers are. I, I believe it. It's ridiculous. Especially protecting the rim because Dwight Howard, I mean, this has been... Um, what a resurrection. And then some. So, I mean, he's playing... And, and that's kind of my point. I think with LeBron and AD leading the way, those guys, like, all their spirits have just been lifted. Yeah. And, and, and I mentioned this briefly before, but we can't discredit the playoff and championship experience that these guys coming off the bench have. Um, I, I mean, uh, mine is Jared Dudley, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he might be the only guy that just doesn't have deep playoff experience or a ring. Everyone else does. Everyone else does. Whether right. coming off their bench. Quinn Cook. Ha- has a I couple mean, rings. Avery Badley, R- R- Rondo. Danny um, Green. Danny, Danny Green, Dwight Howard when he was on the Magic. Right. Everyone. And, and I think that goes a long way. And, I, I, again, I... I touched upon this like i mentioned that Giannis is a man on a mission the lakers are a team on a mission because they, they all get it there there's not one guy that they have to drag along the way yeah they don't have that rookie that doesn't that has a mindset oh i just got to the nba let me go spend my money on some bags or some shoes no i'm here to get better and and help deliver a, a ring to the lakers no oh, yeah no they they the, who's their rookie? It's uh, oh, um, Taylor Horton Tucker. Who happens to be a clutch sports guy, but that's another story. Right, well, right. but it, well, you know what, though? Uh, first of all, a guy barely plays. I think he's yeah. spending a lot of G League time. Absolutely. Right? But even him, like when he does play, I mean, they're getting great minutes out of 
Alex Caruso. Caruso read and, my mind. So I mean, he's probably geez. one of those other guys that doesn't have that that experience because he's been on this Lakers team pre-LeBron. Right. But um, but if anyone, if you could trust anyone, it would be a guy like Caruso to just get it. So not only did he did he get his body into shape because he gained a ton of weight and a ton of muscle. So he's not a defensive liability, but he's super athletic and he just gets it. And I and again, I think that all starts from the top. Um, even just starting with the coaching staff. The fact that you can have three guys on your staff with head coaching experience is, is unfathomable to me. And also a guy that needs credit is Phil Handy. You, you would recognize him if you saw him. He's like their player development guy. He was with LeBron and Kyrie on the Cavs. Then he, then he went to Toronto, won a chip with, Ky, with uh, Kawhi, and now he's on the Lakers. So there's a reason this guy has been in like as many consecutive finals as LeBron. Right. Those three coaches you're talking about, Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd and Lionel oh, no. Hollins. Yep. So, yeah, they, I, like, I, I actually didn't know their coaching staff off the bat. Like, I, I knew about Vogel and I knew about Kidd, mm-hmm. right? But then I, I'm, watching a, I'm watching the Laker Heat game the other day. Which was I'm, a great game. It was a great, great, game. great, great, great game. game. And it was a great showcase for Miami. Miami's yep. legit. Absolutely. But, um, and I'm watching that, and I, the Lakers had called a timeout. And I see Lionel Hollins on their on their bet, and I'm like, they have a coaching super team. Yep, I mean, it's exactly, just it's exactly. insane, and it goes a long way. It goes a long way. I oh my god, you. absolutely, it does. It, absolutely bizarre. Now, here's the question about LeBron, right? Because LeBron's playing a lot of minutes. He's playing real hard. He's playing on the defensive side of the ball too. He's 35 years old. 35 years young, but go ahead. But, right, well, right. <laughs> Pretty much, right? A guy's averaging almost a triple-double. Crazy. Is this going to hurt him down the stretch that he's playing this hard this early? I, no, I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I can't bet against him. I can't say it will because he, he's, a, he's not human to me. Like he, the fact that I've been able to watch him, and unfortunately I missed not to – date myself or age myself for for other reasons like I miss out on Jordan I saw Kobe but like I've been able to watch the entirety of of LeBron's career and um he hasn't missed a beat aside from from um from injury last year and I think he held out longer than he needed to for other reasons yeah um he, he's a bionic man and I think he's gonna be able to play on to, uh, for as long as he wants because the the workout regimen not only how how sharp he keeps his body but the 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 way like all the extra equipment that he's able to use is just it's just out of this world and um and i think he's gonna be able to play for as long as he wants yeah because like you mentioned look at look at how well he's playing at this age what is it year 17 yeah so it's not like he's going it's a downward spiral for him so i have no reason to think that that him going this hard is going to hurt them come june and july yeah you know this is always a fascinating conversation for me to have because um I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a Cleveland Cavalier guy, and I'm a Cleveland Cavalier guy because of LeBron, right? So I, I when I started watching basketball, I watched LeBron, and I fell in love with LeBron, and I was just like, you know what? I, I had no loyalty to the Knicks or anything like that. I'm from New York, so I, you know, whatever, I, I'll follow Cleveland. You just, and, didn't want to be a, you just didn't want to be a Knicks fan. I don't blame no, you. desperately I, don't blame I didn't. Him. But uh, listen, being a Cat fan ain't much better. I got to deal with garbage just like the Knicks do. But... It just, it just stinks a little bit less. Do but, they? But go ahead. Like, this is kind of a question for me. Do they have a future? Like, does Cleveland actually have a future at some point? Yes, and I think a lot of it depends on what they do with this Kev- with Kevin Love. If, really? If, uh, because you have to be honest. 
they're not a free agent destination. No. So if you can't lure a up-and-coming prospect or a savvy vet as, as well as draft compensation in return for Kevin Love, it's going to be mightily difficult for them to, to, to garner the, the attention of a superstar or an all-star player. Right. But you, but, and I think I've asked you this before, too. Do you think Garland and Sexton work? No. You don't think no. it worked? You I, think I they're going to have to unload on one of them? Yes. And, I, yeah, Garland has been, um, has been disappointing. Um, the little bit that I've seen, but I mean they're they're still incredibly young. But again, it's it's not like they have two six four guards. I mean those guys are both are both um, they're short, small, sh- shorter than that. So I think it, Garland's six one. I think Sexton's six two. And and that that might be even um, being being kind generous. To them. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's tough to really build a championship caliber team with with a backcourt like that. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 truth is, there isn't much more around them, and that's why I'm saying like this this what they do with Kevin Love is really going to determine the next three to five years of their future. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing though is Cleveland is not great at making trades. They're not. I mean, I I have a feeling they're going to sell short on Kevin Love. I really do. Like rather get something than than nothing. But he's still oh, there yeah. for a few years, so it's not like he's a free agent this year. So they don't have to rush into it. That's the thing. Right, but but, the, but then you the also earlier run the you risk. trade him. The more he can get, the more team control you have. I mean, it's a big contract. I'll tell you that. It's a big but. contract, and then any knock on wood, but any any day moving forward, he gets hurt. You can't. I mean, it just right. makes it that much more difficult to, to right. deal him. I don't know. Uh, listen, I, I've I've already accepted the fact that they're going to be terrible for a long time. I, I'd like to believe that someday, maybe someday, they they have a future again. Well, but. You know, being terrible is one thing, but having something to play for is something else. So, unfortunately, I, I think they check both those boxes along with a couple other teams. Whereas, like New Orleans right now, um, they're they're not playing in, uh, exceptionally well, but they certainly have something to play for when when number one. Does um, New Orleans have a first round pick this year? Do they have their own first round pick? I I believe so because I can't think of a deal that would cause them to not to have not it. have it right like whereas dallas had to cough up a future first in the trey young luka Doncic exchange right um but i don't i don't see why new orleans wouldn't have theirs yeah i was gonna say because if new orleans doesn't have zion for a while and then they get another top five pick this year they bring in anthony edwards or mm-hmm. something along those lines which is which is very realistic for for me, I mean, I, I mean, imagine that Anthony Edwards. You get Lonzo. You still have Drew with Ingram and uh, Jackson yeah. Hayes. Looks like he's going to be a nice player. Yeah. Tr- truthfully, and and again, I, I'll probably have have more insight on this um, next time we speak. But if if I don't have a top three pick, I'm looking to uh, to deal it. Truthfully, yeah. And 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 even if I'm Golden State, and I brought this up before, even if I'm Golden State and I have a top three pick, you're you're asking for 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 everything and then some. For, for 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 whatever that pick is, because well, yeah. I I rather get I rather get a savvy vet that can help the help push these guys along, because um, because aside from Drew Holiday who's been the, the the ultimate teammate it seems like they're they're rather young, like you mentioned. Lonzo, Plus they're all Ingram. guards. So like, all the top so guys again, are guards. I, I don't see it, Anthony Edwards because there's only so many mouths that that you can feed. Um, so I don't see Anthony Edwards really fitting in there. No, but, right, exactly. Unless like, unless they went for Wiseman, which. I mean, but, 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 makes... but, but it, it does, but then you're going to have your lottery pick from a year ago, Jackson Hayes, just ride the bench. Cause, or oh, one, oh one of them, I mean, one of them. Oh, I, I, I was thinking Golden State. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With um, Golden State, right? But, but, but even so, I don't think – their window is so tight, Golden State, that you can't afford to – I don't say waste a year, but spend a year developing James Wiseman because he's not going to be the guy that's going to help. What, what about this? And, and the guy that I, I think is going to start um, getting his name tossed around in, in trade rumors if, if, the, um, if, if his team doesn't sign him to a big deal. But Andre Drummond, what if Golden State has a top pick and you turn around to Detroit and say, you give us, you give us Dre and we'll give you Wiseman with some extra pieces involved? I think that helps Golden I wouldn't State hate more. That. For who? I wouldn't for, hate that for. Oh, you wouldn't hate that. No, I wouldn't hate that. Oh my god! I, I think that helps both teams. If you, you get step because they're not apparently they're not going to trade D'Angelo Russell. I think I, I think they will, and I think they should. You think they will, and they should? Why? I, um, I don't think D'Angelo Russell has a future in Golden State. I, I I don't I don't see that working out on both on and well I don't want to say off the court because it seems like he's got his stuff together. Can I give you a spot for him that of I think would be unbelievable? Miami. Yeah. Why not? Why not? What about? But this is fun for me. Yeah, what I can about do that all day. what about I mean it, and th- as as wild as this is going to be because it's probably really unrealistic. Either LA team, Clippers or Lakers. You can't pay them. You, you can't, can't, that's, you can't afford them. Right. You can't afford them whereas Miami you're really just you're really just paying Jimmy. It's interesting. So I, it really I, is. Yeah. I I I'm, I'm not the, trying to burst your that. bubble. No, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Well, but just, uh, just quickly on this, on this note, so I was playing around on the ESPN trading machine because I got nothing better to do. Because um, I, was, I was watching. You're like all of us. Yeah, I was watching the Rockets, which I'm surprised you, had, you hadn't brought up. So they had an unbelievable comeback victory. They were down 25 yesterday, down 19 at the half, ended up coming back to beat the Spurs by two. What if you moved Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker in exchange for an Andre Drummond and maybe uh, uh, Bruce Brown? I mean... <sighs> It's an upgrade. How it, you're? I mean, it, it's an. Uh, how much of an upgrade is Drummond over Capella? I think that where they would, I, I have I view this team differently than you. So just hear me out. Where right now I think Houston has a pretty good shot at winning a first round series, unless it's against the Lakers. I would even and likely the Clippers. So I, I, I don't want to spend time thinking about the, the the seating. But if they're playing really anyone else in the playoffs, I'll give them. I'd say that, that they're the favorite. If you add Drummond to that, uh, to that lineup, I think you, they're almost the favorite in a second-round matchup. Wow. That, that's, how, that's how valuable I think a guy like that can be because I've been, I've been disappointed. It's maybe too harsh, but um, it's been um, – shoot, why not? It's been disappointing to see Clint Capella play the way that he's been playing. And he's had his moments, but I don't think, I don't think you can rely on him come crunch time. I really don't. Yeah, but do the Rockets have any assets? I think that's the problem. Clint Capella. <laughs> well, Clint Capella, but you think the, the Pistons would say, well, look, if we're going to give you Andre Drummond, like we're going to need Capella and we're going to need a first-round pick. Sure, and, tuck, and throw in Tucker. Like, I, you'll have to do something to, to make the, but how the much space work. Like how much less depth do you have? I mean, like Harden, Westbrook, and, and, and Drummond are not going to be able to play 48 minutes a night. Correct. Um, I think... The, the advantage that you get from Drummond to Capella, you can make up for with someone. I don't want to say that you sign off the street, but I don't, and again, it's hard to say like, like an Iman Shumper. But I just really where I'm getting at is I don't think that as high as I am on Houston or even more so than, than you are, we'll leave it at that. But I don't think this Houston team as currently constructed 
has it in them to make a deep playoff run. And I think a guy like Drummond can ho- maybe push them over the over the edge, whereas Capella, I don't see it. I mean, they're going all in. They kind of have to do that's something it. like that, right? Well, that's yes. That's another right. thing. They, they, you, maybe you got to do something like that. Is you got to you've got to because I I don't think West, Westbrook and Harden is enough. I, and I don't I, I think it's showing because Harden's averaging forty points a game, and it's they're crazy. edging out teams yeah. by like two or three points yeah. a night. So imagine, and I was jokingly before saying a third superstar. Now again, this is, there's been no trace of this. It's just off. It's all speculation, right? Correct. correct. Um, but Drummond would would be that guy. It's good stuff. We kept John here for like, I want to say like forty minutes. Beautiful. That's seriously. Uh, we were on. We I think we were talking for almost an hour. It's good stuff, though. Okay. All right. Ray Anzelowitz, thanks for the time, man. Oh, I appreciate pleasure. it. President of Gotham Hoops, we have him on every week. All right, more Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network next. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show Yo. with Mike Guido. And here we go, hour number three. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. Monica Ray, Big J Journalist. How are you? I'm good. I was just wondering how you're hanging in there. I am definitely in there. Teetering out, yeah. I'm, I'm teeter-tottering a little bit. Yeah. Uh, plenty of stuff to go over today. Had top ten teams, had Speedy Petey on, had... Ray Anzelowitz on. We were absolutely, we were jam packed. Packed. Woo! Woo! <laughs> the hell was that? A lion, I think. It's a bear. It's oh a my bear. God. You know what I heard? That the bears are the most dangerous of animals between a they lion. They probably are. Because they said bears are sneaky. Well, yeah. So when you don't think a bear is coming at you, he's coming. Whereas the other animals make eye contact. Bears were <laughs> What was that? <laughs> was it an angry cow? Or a cow uh, with a bull. Mad... That was a bull. That was a bull. All right, it was close. Bull, cow, same thing. Same family. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. <laughs> you, you were applauding us on our... Oh, now we get the food. <laughs> Now we get the electric. Like, no, he plays that. He plays that little drop whenever I make a bad joke. When I say, "Oh, the Yankees, they got coal for Christmas," and then, <laughs> oh, hey, 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 I'm like Squidward when um, he was telling Ben, "Oh, brother, this Gosh. guy stinks." <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, let's go to the news with our. Big J journalist Monica Ray right, here on well, a Tuesday. I was hoping Ray was going to stay for the story because I looked it up for him. But uh, Russell Westbrook is in a $100 million lawsuit. Have you heard about this? No. What? So he's in a $100 million lawsuit filed against him from a heckler who was watching him. And apparently the heckler claims, heckler claims that he said, sit down and ice your knees. And he thought he said something like, get down on your knees. So what ensued after that was um, Westbrook went bonkers on this man in the stands and his girlfriend, and a whole big back and forth. This gentleman um, was removed from the stadium with his girlfriend. Yeah. And since then, he has also been fired from his job, and 
He's been getting, he and his girlfriend have been getting death threats, and he was up for some kind of a pilot training program, and he was terminated from that. So, so this ruined his whole life. So this one comment that he couldn't keep to himself that was allegedly misheard has now turned into this huge lawsuit. Um, I think it also includes the team as well. So, you know, if you're in the stadium, you got to sue everybody. you got to sue the players, the team. So wait, the, it, he is suing... The fan is suing Westbrook. Yeah. $100 million. So, for great. what? I guess for lost wages and harassment and the fact that now his character has been damaged and like defamation of character and getting death threats and yeah. So I would say if you go to a game and you have something to say, keep it to yourself. I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, okay. Look, I, I do believe that this guy's life shouldn't have been ruined. Because he said something in a game. I, listen, I think there's a couple of lessons to be learned here. The first one is, is if you are a fan and you are sitting in close proximity to the field, especially, or the court, or whatever, do not heckle a player. I know it's tempting, and I know it's fun when you're drunk, but right. don't do it. It yeah. just isn't worth it. Nope. Secondly, I'd like to say this. If you are a player like Russell Westbrook, and Westbrook has had these situations with fans, you have to learn how to ignore fans. Right. Why respond to it? You have to learn how to ignore fans. Half the fans in the stadium hate you. Half the fans in the stadium love you. Right. And it's probably, I'm probably off on that. If you're at home, more fans love you than hate you. If you're on the road, more fans hate you than love you. If somebody says... Even if it was something racist or whether it was something like get down on your knees or whatever it is, yeah. it is disrespectful. Right. But you are a professional athlete. Right. Okay? I'm guaranteeing you that you've heard worse. And even if it's your worst, you've got to just ignore it. Right. Okay? Why do you think fans or why do you think hecklers heckle? Because they want they're, to get a rise. They're trying to get your attention. Just like anything else. They're trying to get your attention. It's the same thing as a guy begging for an autograph. Right. Okay? I love you. I love you. I love you. Come, you know, come sign my ball. Right. It's the same thing. You suck, Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, that's it's the same thing. They, they, they want to. Did you see that? Westbrook looked at me. Yeah. I mean, this guy is probably, I mean, not anymore because his entire life's ruined, yeah. but he probably walked out of the stadium that day after he got escorted out. He's just like, did you see that whole thing? That was awesome. I walked out of there. I was like, I was getting into this big fight with Westbrook, and that's awesome day. Yeah, I'm like, until then he got fired. And then he gets and, fired, and then and he gets terminated from, from the game. pilot program. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, multiple lessons to be learned here. Fans don't heckle, and players... players. Don't pay Ignore the fans when they do heckle. Or do what Jason Bay did. Yeah, yes. you have you have the best. Or, that's yes. the best story. That I've was ever the best heard. story. I'll tell it again. So me and my dad went to a game with Ralph Macchio and and his son Danny, who was one of my best friends when I was younger, and went to a Mets game. And this was when Jason Bay was a Met, 
and there was a fan in front of us. The Bay, Jason, Jason, we were sitting over by left field. Jason Bay was playing left field, and and a couple rows in front of us, uh, there was a fan saying, "You suck, Bay." Can't believe we got you. You're terrible. I hate you, Jason Bay. Blah, 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 blah. You know, hey, Jason, you suck. You know, it was kind of like one of those things. And Jason Bay looks over at the guy, and all he does is this. That's great. It was great. Everybody in the crowd, we were just like, yeah, you go, Jason. Like, we we were going... Crazy, like, yeah, you shut this guy up. <laughs> it was so or you, awesome. Or you could just follow the golden rule. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh, my gosh. You know? That was crazy. But, um, that, of- that was another funny story about that game. Before we go in, oh, yeah. before we go into anything else, my uh, my buddy Danny um, disagreed with a, with a ball strike call. Yeah, come on, Blue. Are you deaf? <laughs> It was so great. He couldn't hear a strike if he saw one. <laughs> That's fine. Was he behind home plate yelling at that? or No, no. Oh. We were all the way to left field. Oh. <laughs> it was great. All right, next. So, uh, Mr. Jarrett Cole, does he have the most expensive beard in history? So yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he arrived in New York City yesterday. He's... Uh, now a Yankee. He signed for $324 million. Yes. But the Yankees have a strict policy of no beards. By the way, thank you, Yankees. No I'm beards, no long beards. hair. Yeah, so he's uh, he's going to be shaving his beard. So yep. I was going to ask Ray, like, what would it take for you to shave your beard? How much money would it take? $324 million. That's a, that's a pretty nice shave. Well, I can't grow facial hair, so I, I would... <laughs> I, I, I would, know somebody like that. He, listen, if I could, if I could, if I if I could get paid three hundred twenty-four million dollars to shave off my pube hair on my <laughs> face, I'd do it. You're what do in. you think, Evan? You're in, huh? Evan. Can you grow facial? Like, can you grow a beard? Have uh, you tried can, to grow a beard? I've tried. It just goes all. It's just all over the place. Like it's just. It's just. I, it, it gets like. It's like poof. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, like a it's, wolf man or something? Yeah. Like I think that's the best way to describe it. Like I'd the love wolf to see man. a picture of you. Like the wolf man. With a with a beard. I've tried, but it goes all it's again, like Monica said, it's like the wolf man. It's like, My beard never looks any good. Because I grow red hair. Beards are overrated. I don't think anybody should have one. Unless you're a warlock or maybe a wizard. Then a warlock or a wizard? Otherwise, maybe no... a wizard. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no reason for it. It's pubic hair on your face. No thanks. No thanks. Yeah. You never dated a guy with a beard? Uh, nope. Never in your life. Nope. Not one. Nope. But that's a lie. No, no way. No. So yeah. Never a peach fuzz. Really? I mean, you? Wow. I know. Beards are like in now. I know. Like I beards are sexy it. now. People are buying like beard combs, beard vitamins, beard gel. Yeah. Beard wash. Beard exfoliators. <laughs> Great. I love it. Beard conditioner. That's right. You know, no, no, market. they do. They do buy that. Yeah. Where it's, they, it's just stuff you throw in your beard. Speaking, of, speaking of beards, Sunday night. Ben Roethlisberger, right? Oh my Roethlisberger, God! Roethlisberger, 
It's not. Yeah, it looks like Santa. Yeah, he looks like he looks like no. Someone said he looks like Brett right, Kiesel. Santa can have a beard, but if, that's he, it. someone said he looks like Brett Kiesel, the old Pittsburgh Steeler from the late mid two thousand, yes. late two thousand, early yes, two thousand ten yes, yes, teams. Yes. He's so Ben is growing this big beard. After that he, looks like Brian Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Brian Wilson. That's another good one. So he, after he suffered the injury back in September, week two, that was week two. He suffered the injury. He's been growing out this beard until he starts throwing again. So that beard is what. Two and a half, three and a half, three months old, three months old. This big bushy, be- this big, probably yeah, big beard, and it's gonna be even bigger by the time he starts throwing again. That's disgusting. <laughs> that needs to go. You're not into beards at all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start look a movement. Up, no beards. Monica, you know? look up Ben Roethlisberger's beard on Sunday night. It's just, it's just, poof, like, 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 uh, Mike say, look, kind of like Santa Claus. Or Breck, I, I think more Breck Kiesel. What if it's like a really nice, nope. well kept beard? Nope. You are just out on beards. Totally. What if a girl had a beard? Ew. <laughs> uh, that's a no as well. <laughs> oh boy! Oh. And finally, I believe you were telling me that you, oh I was. Oh my we god! Were, this is insane. You see Ben Roethlisberger? You seeing it? Does he have a girlfriend? Because isn't Big disgusting. Ben married? I think so. I don't remember. He looks like. He looks like the abominable snowman's handler. What was that guy's name? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yukon Cornelius. Yes, Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> Silver and gold. I don't. There's not a single man that I've seen that a beard has made him better looking. No. He's a humble bumble. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. What's all the right. food story? Because you you were you were hyping it up all yeah, day. Yeah, I was pretty excited about this. So. You know, we have Christmas next week, so one of the traditional foods in Christmas is fruitcake. I don't know who likes fruitcake. I don't know why people Nobody give likes fruitcake. Fruit I never tried fruitcake. But I wanted to ask you guys what you thought the world's largest fruitcake weighed. Any guesses? World's largest fruitcake? <laughs> I'm, hey, gonna Monica. Say, I'm gonna say about two thousand, three thousand pounds. Ten thousand pounds. This was surprising. <laughs> so it was made in Germany, which that part didn't surprise me. But okay. It four. It was uh, nine thousand five hundred ninety-six. <laughs> wow. And I mean, fruitcake is big, so yeah, it's gonna be in the thousand range. So, Fruitcake is pretty big, so it it's going to be in the thousand range. Strawberries, tangerines, Ooh. and peaches. Yeah. So you would have I been, am the king. You. So then, <laughs> yesterday, I was reading, I happened to be reading the New York Post, and I came across this story in their weird news section. It said, this is a half-baked idea for a family heirloom. A Michigan family has passed down a fruitcake from generation to generation for 141 years. Wow. Their great-great-grandmother baked the cake in 1874. Wow. And the family keeps the pride possession stored in an antique glass dish on the top shelf of a china cabinet. Wait, so, wait. It's just passed down. Nobody ever eats it. They pass it down to the next generation. But it's a fruitcake. Yeah. It spoils. I I would think it would have mold. A hundred and... I'm surprised it's... years. I'm surprised... It, it's... I'm surprised it's not just... Like black and a pile of mush. I would like. It's got to be decayed. I would like to have seen a picture, but they didn't provide one. But I will say this: because they're making it up. If either of you guys go to Michigan, 
don't eat fruitcake. All right. <laughs> I won't eat fruitcake from Michigan. I won't. All right, so recap. If you're Santa, a wizard, or a warlock, you can have a beard. Otherwise? Otherwise, no. No. You need a well-kept man. Santa, a wizard, Well-kept men. That's what I'm looking for. No pubes. (laughs) Santa, a wizard, or a warlock. (laughs) What about Captain... You probably don't watch the... You probably don't watch... uh, Do you watch any of the Marvel movies? Um, Some. Uh, Have you seen Infinity War? Have you seen seen Chris Evans with a beard? He looks great. Chris Evans with a beard? It's just too much hair. I'm telling you. it's, It's actually one of the best beards I've ever seen. It's fantastic. Fantastic. It's what are you trying to say, beers. Evan? It's one, it's one of the best beards I've ever seen. Do we need to talk? Up. It's a great Chris beard. Evans beard. All right, that's listen, the news. Listen, uh, listen, I can acknowledge someone with a good beard, okay? We, as, uh, listen, we can acknowledge Santa. someone with a good beard, okay? Santa does have a great beard. Santa's got a great beard. That ranks. Uh, Santa's beard ranks. Yeah, that's it. That's what I think it ranks. Uh, no, that's a negative. Chris Evans' beard in Look, Infinity War? No, I'm looking mm. at it right now, ah. and two thumbs down. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but Not like, what do you, what do you, what do you expect from Monica? Monica doesn't like beards. So. I'm just throwing suggestions. I'm willing to look. But she does, but she does think Jimmy Garoppolo's good looking. So yes. that's true. Oh. He, you're like, yes, he is good looking. I would like to meet him. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. Uh, what are the chances, Evan? What are the chances that Monica meets Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> You know what? I will actually give that a 70% chance. Monica surprised me already with Flash Gordon. Yeah, Monica meets everybody. Monica just shocked me the other weekend with Flash Gordon. If she wanted Jones. to meet Jimmy so, Garoppolo, she could. She, listen, Monica can Jimmy, literally set the picture. Monica can literally set the picture and say, hey guys, I took a picture with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll be like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, call me. You gotta do the. the Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. All right, now you're sounding like, like Mrs. Neutron from Jimmy Neutron. Uh, Jimmy! Jimmy Isaac Neutron! No, James Isaac Neutron! Now you're sounding like Mrs. No, nice I, like Mrs. Listen, Neutron. So I got a the 70% best cartoon chance. parent is nice. Timmy's dad. Hi, uh, <laughs> Timmy! Hi, uh, Timmy! Dinkleberg! Dinkleberg! <laughs> this is like- my trophy. If I had one. I like Dexter's parents. Oh, that's oh, Dexter's I love that. Laboratory. I love Dexter's parents. Yeah, and his sister Dee Dee. Dee Dee, she's the best. <laughs> I love Dee Dee. Oh, I love Dee Dee. All right, here we go. All what right. are the chances, Evan? So, what are the chances Tom Brady passes Drew Brees on the all-time touchdown list at any point this season? That Tom Brady passes Drew Brees at any for the all for the what touch- number is he up to at any point this season? Five thirty-eight. So at oh, any point so. this season, now Brady, Brady's remember Brady's got the Bills on Saturday, and then he's got the uh, Dolphins. Dolphins on Sunday. Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees has new has the who's Drew Brees have this next this Sunday? I'm not sure, but Drew Brees, Falcons, Falcons, maybe? Falcons, and uh, Bucks. Bucks, I think. So okay, so at any point this next now Buffalo's a tough defense. So at any point these next two games, Tom Brady passes Drew Brees. I actually don't think it happens. I'm going to say like 20%. I really don't think it happens. I think that there is a really good possibility that Breeze holds on to this record and holds on to it forever. I really do believe that. Because I, I think that like I, Brady has definitely gone down the tubes. And in order for Brady to catch him, he's got to throw at least three touchdown passes. I don't think it happens. I really don't think it happens. I'm going to say 20%. Dylan Batances. What are the chances Dylan Batances signs with the team this week? 
Uh, 25%. I think they're. I think he's gonna wait a little bit more. Uh, he's still working out the details with a lot of teams. I think he wants double-digit, uh, double-digit millions for one year. I think teams are right now only comfortable giving him. Um, I think they're only comfortable giving him right now uh, like eight or se- like seven or eight million dollars a year. Uh, I, and truthfully, I don't really know what his market is, whether it's the Dodgers or or um, the Mets or Phillies are in it too. the Phillies. I don't know if the Yankees are still in on him. I I, I don't know. I really don't, honestly. So we'll see. But I I'm I don't I don't see it happening this week. No. Saturday. What are the chances Buffalo pulls it off and beats the, and beats the Patriots in Foxborough? You ready for this? Eighty percent. I think the Bills do beat the Patriots in Foxborough this week. I really do believe that. I think that they come out of Week 16 with the same record. Buffalo right now, I think, is legitimate. I think they go into Foxborough. That defense takes care of business. Seriously, the the so, Bills' defense is going to shut down Brady's. I, I would be ver- I would be surprised if Brady and that Patriots offense scored more than ten points well, against that Bills Josh, against that Bills defense. Josh Allen needs to step up because again, that last two games, his first two games against New England have been have been pretty bad. So if that's the case, Allen's going to have to step up big time. If the Bills win, they can. That's crazy to think. If the Bills win on Saturday, they can win the division with a home play a home game against the Jets on the following Sunday. So that'd be crazy. If and Buffalo, they would get a bye, they, wouldn't they? Um, I, you know, they might. They'd be twelve they and four. Might, they might, Rabbit. They might. They'd be twelve and four. If they run the table. They run the table, yeah. That's twelve and four. You got. They'd be the Kansas, two seed. Well, what about Kansas City? Kansas City can run the table, and they finish twelve and four too. What? Who does Kansas City have left? I think the, the Raiders, Chargers, uh, the Chargers, Raiders, and the Raiders, Chargers. Probably. Chiefs have the. I'm sorry, Bears on the road this Sunday, and then the Chargers at home. Okay. So again, I, now if they, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know what their conference records would be. If they finish with the same record at 12 and 4, 12 and 4, uh, you also have, yeah, Houston, Tennessee obviously can't finish 12 and 4. So really be down to the Chiefs and the Bills. I'm not sure. Fascinating. I'm not sure what their what their conference what their conference records are at the moment, but yeah, if, if the Bills run the table, it's between either the Bills and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, just Do the people Bills, realize just the how Bills, big just, of a game this is for New England. Just the Bills winning the division is big enough. Because the Patriots have dominated this division for 20 years. Now, who wins the division if the Bills, if they both finish 12-4, and four, right? Because I would assume the Patriots are going to, if they lose to the Bills, uh-huh. and then they beat the, the Dolphins, Dolphins, and the Bills run the table against uh, New England and the Jets, uh-huh. who wins the division? It's the Bills, I think, right? Well, I'm not, maybe, I'm not, I, again, I can't. It would have to be, it would have to be. It would have to be division record. Well, the division record, so New England. Well, Their Buffalo, division records would be the same. Are they the same? Yeah. They'd, Buffalo, be, they'd both be 5-1. and one. Right. And then it would be conference record. Conference record for the Patriots is... Well, hey, well the Patriots have lost to the Texans, Ravens, and, and, and Chiefs. We know that. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I think the I think the Bills would win the division. Again, just that thought is crazy enough. Just the Patriots winning, just the Bills winning the division is crazy enough. Yeah, it is. So here, so here's the Patriots' conference record at the moment against the AFC. 
So the guy who went over the Steelers, Dolphins, that's two, Jets, three, Bills, four, five, six, six and one, six and two, six and three. They're currently seven and three in conference, the Patriots. The Bills. So they're currently seven and three in conference. The Bills are one, two, two and one, three and one, four and one, four and two, five and two, six and two, six and three, seven and three. They're seven and three in conference. So they're both the same. They're all everything's the same. Bills, yeah. So the Bills would pretty much have to run the table, win the division. Crazy. If if my math is correct. <laughs> All right, so what, we'll are the see. what are the chances again? Uh, all right. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. not Cleveland Browns next season. Uh, no, I, I don't think that that happens. I think uh, I'm going to say like 5%. I, I really don't think that that's likely. I think both of them are going to be Cleveland Browns next year. They're, they're not going to be able to trade them. They're not going to be able to trade those guys. I, I don't think they're going to be able to do that at all. I, that's I, that's not realistic to me. Okay. Definitely not Odell. The winner, the winner of the NFC East will win their wild card home playoff game. Uh, I think the Cowboys could. I think the Eagles can't. I'm going to say no. I, I, I'm going to say like. 35%. I, I think it's I think it could happen. I think it depends on the matchup. I think if San Francisco is lined up, um, I def, I think it doesn't happen. I think if Seattle's lined up, I, I'm not sure it happens either. It, I, to me, it just it's a lot. I, I think it would be a lot. I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not outrageously confident in that now. What are the chances Kyle Allen has started his last game with the Carolina Panthers? Will Greer starting this week against the Colts? Um I'm going to actually say like 70%. I, I'm not sure Kyle Allen starts again. I really am not sure. I, I, I think if Will Greer plays well the next two weeks, I think he goes into next year as the starter. I think Carolina is going to move off Cam Newton. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, th I think they're, I think they're pretty much done with Kyle Allen. I think they, they know what they're getting out of Kyle Allen now. Winston on Saturday against the Texans. Now, Houston, again, is an, is an odd football team. They've now they've beaten Houston, the Colts, and the Patriots, but, of course, had that bad one to Denver two weeks ago. They got a really good offense coming into town in Tampa Bay. What are the chances Winston throws for over three? Well, I'm sorry, actually, they go, to, they go to Tampa. I'm sorry. Winston will throw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions against the Texans on Saturday, on Saturday in Tampa Bay. So, wait, who? Winston, Jameis Winston. Over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and three picks against the Texans in Tampa Bay. No. No, you know what I've actually discovered? Um, I'm going to say like 30%. Jameis Winston is actually a much better road quarterback than a home quarterback, and I think Houston's too good for that. I'm, I, no, I don't think that, that happens. All right, give me one more. Who, the Bills are the most dangerous wildcard team. Out of all of them, the AFC and the NFC, they are the most. They could be. They will be the most dangerous wild card wild card team if they get in as a wild card. Um, no, I actually don't think that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's like 25. I, I I don't think that that's the case. I think that whoever 
that whether it's Seattle or San Francisco, or I think both NFC wildcard teams are going to be better than the Bills. Whether it's Minnesota, Green Bay, um, Seattle, San Francisco, whoever it is, I think they're all going to be better than the Bills. So I'm going to say like 25%. All right, so I, speaking of the Bills, I found an article. Uh, there's one scenario where the Bills pass the Patriots, and yes, they will have to be perfect. They'll need some help from the Dolphins if the Bills are going to move past the Patriots to win the division. If Buffalo is to win the division, the Bills need to win out, including a Week 16 win over the Patriots. The Bills will also need the Patriots to lose out with losses to the Bills and the Dolphins. So the only way the Bills win the division is if they win out and the Miami Dolphins pull it off and beat the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. So if they both win out, New England takes the division. Oh, please. So... I so would the love o- the only to way- see the Patriots not win the division. So the only way for New England to not win the division is if Buffalo wins out and New England beats New England loses to Miami. It loses to both Miami and the Dolphins. New England does not uh, deserve sorry, a, fir- a, a first round bye. Bills and the Dolphins, I mean. So there you go. That's that's the one scenario. That's the only scenario the Bills win this division. Still, that requires the Patriots to lose their to lose these next two games. Do we really see the New England Patriots losing to the Dolphins at Gillette? No. We really, we really can't. Crazier things have happened, but I can't see that happening. That's bizarre. I can't see it happening either, but man, oh man, I would love to see it. All right. That does it for us. That's one of the chances. We do it every Tuesday. Monica Ray, Big J journalist. Evan Mazza, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. I'm going to go Christmas shopping and then probably... Uh, Christmas shopping. Probably to bed because... You know, gotta feel better. Those, I get, need get, I need my rest. It's December, right, Monica, you're gonna you're yeah. gonna text Vitamin me a list C of the stuff zinc. that I need. Yes. Yeah. Right. Get it's, you taken care of. Thanks, mom. It's December. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's December seventeenth. What's the day? What's today's date? December seventeenth. Seventeenth. The seventeenth. Get, get that shopping day done, man. Not That's right. Much time left. All right. And by the way, Anthony, Anthony, yeah, Anthony Kegger says he loves you. He loves me. Tell Mike, Anthony, Anthony Kegger just just wrote on Facebook to me. Tell Mike I love him. Aw. I love him, too. He's a great guy. I love you, man. All right. Uh, That does it for us. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network will be back tomorrow. We'll see you. You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.